Welcome to Fracking and Health, Ask an Expert. The Endocrine Disruption Exchange has been studying the health impacts from unconventional oil and gas development, also known as fracking, since 2004. In each episode, our Executive Director, Carol Kwiatkowski, asks an expert to answer a question on how fracking may affect your health. You can submit a question at TEDx.org. Welcome to Episode 9, where we ask, can noise from fracking operations affect your health? I'm talking with Dr. Michael McCauley, Interim Chair in the Department of Occupational and Environmental Health Sciences at West Virginia University. He is a co-investigator at the Marcellus Shale Energy and Environment Laboratory and has published a review article on noise in the context of fracking. Welcome, Dr. McCauley. Thank you. So let's start at the beginning. What are the sources of noise associated with fracking operations? In the fracking operations, you have a lot of heavy equipment working on the pad itself. And then as you get into the actual hydraulic fracturing, uh, you have compressors and uh, trucks that are coming on uh, to uh, bring sand and water onto the site. And of course, actually off the pad, uh, the truck traffic. And what stages of the operations are associated with high noise levels? Well, from the study that we did uh, under the auspices of the Department of Environmental Protection in West Virginia, we found that the loudest levels were actually during pad development, where they're clearing the land, uh, bringing in uh, earth-moving equipment, and uh, simply setting everything up. Now, in, um, for people working on the pad, of course, the uh, hydraulic fracturing operation tends to be the noisiest. So my original expectation was that's where I'd see it, but in fact, it turned out to be um, just the heavy equipment running by our monitoring uh, devices, which were about 650 feet away from the center of the pad. So, in fact, uh, that's the setback distance, and, and people living in the area might be living at that 650-foot point, and the expectation was that the noise would diminish because all of the noise would be coming from the center of the pad, which ended up not being true. It was equipment moving all over the area, in fact, coming very close to the sound bubble meters. Interesting. So what health effects have you found to be linked to environmental noise exposure? Well, environmental noise exposure is known to cause stress, uh, which doesn't sound like an extreme medical condition, but in fact, uh, stress in the body can do all sorts of things. Uh, we know that stress is associated with uh, cortisol production, which increases fat storage in the body. Fat storage in the body can lead to oxidative stress uh, throughout the body and in many different systems. Of course, having uh, excess fat uh, can lead to diabetes. Uh, it can lead to heart disease. It can lead to uh, cardiovascular problems in, uh, in circulation, uh, including things like stroke. And in fact, uh, it can lead to all sorts of inflammation. So you can see other inflammatory diseases. So weight gain is also associated with things like asthma. Uh, and it can be associated, we're afraid, with 
things like cancers and with Alzheimer's and neurodegenerative diseases. And were there also um, effects that you saw on sleep and cardiovascular outcomes? Well, that's, that's where the stress comes from, we think, initially, that uh, if a person's asleep and there's an impulse noise, that is a very loud noise, but for a very short duration of time, uh, that can wake the person from sleep, and that throws off their circadian rhythms, uh, which, again, result in stress to the body. And, and so this is seen probably uh, most initially at, uh, in terms of hypertension, in terms of a rise of blood pressure. So when you're under stress, most people think about, well, you know, you're, you're getting my blood pressure up. Well, in fact, that, that's actually true. Uh, people under stress, whether the stress be from uh, worry or the stress be from just being awakened suddenly in the middle of the night, any of those things can result in uh, immediate changes in the blood pressure level. I see. And and did you also find exacerbations with sleep disturbances and other impacts or potential for this, like air pollution from the fracking operations? Yeah, that's right. The um, it It's not just a single cause when we're talking about oxidative stress in the body. Oxidative stress is is the cellular reaction to things outside the body getting inside the body as well as things outside the body sort of upsetting the, the homeostasis, the sort of general level of working uh, function of the body. And, and so um, anything that does that, which could be air pollution, it could be uh, problems with uh, toxins and drinking water, uh, it could be uh, even work exposures, could be pregnancy, all of those kinds of things uh, predispose a body uh, to the effects of stress and uh, build up the effect of stress uh, beyond what you might initially think would happen. A lot of the studies on uh, noise and uh, hypertension come from areas around airports. Uh, where there are planes taking off and landing. So you have this kind of momentary noise that disrupts uh, your daily routine, whether you're asleep or awake. Um, those uh, higher levels of noise can, in fact, have an effect on your nervous system, which results in a stress reaction in the body. And so you mentioned level. What level of noise has been shown to increase the risk of experiencing these adverse health effects? Well, it's, it appears from the studies that about 70 decibels is enough uh, to wake a person up uh, to cause a change in their background levels of whatever they're doing or for things like their blood pressure. But 70 decibels is not terribly loud. That's, that's a loud conversation, essentially. Uh, so uh, what we found when we were studying um, well pads that were being built were that we saw 100 decibels on an occasional basis. The actual average value of these well sites was in the 40 to 60 decibel range. Um, but these impulses are the things that seem to be the problem. At least that's what the literature is indicating. And, and so while they can occur very briefly and not really add much to the average, uh, 
they seem to be the thing that causes the, the most uh, deleterious effects. It's the upper decibels, and that's on a logarithmic scale, and that means 100 decibels is a whole lot louder. Uh, that 100 decibels is a uh, um, something uh, as loud as, say, a jake brake on a, on a, a large truck going down a hill. Um, and you're standing right next to it, or a rock and roll band, that, that kind of level of noise, although only for perhaps a second or two. Are there effective ways to mitigate noise coming from fracking operations? Well, there are. Um, you can put up barriers. Um, most people have seen uh, sound barriers along the interstates uh, around neighborhoods. Uh, they're simply large walls. Another way that's perhaps a little prettier, at least, than a large wall surrounding the site is a green wall. That is uh, shrubs, bushes, trees, uh, thick foliage, uh, as well as distance. Um, noise uh, diminishes as the square of the distance. So something um, two times as far away is four times less noisy. So... Uh, distance is your friend in this case, distance from the noise source. That's important for people that are looking at setbacks. That's right. Uh, and of course, as I mentioned before, we were looking at the noise levels at 650 feet from the well pad, which is the setback distance in West Virginia. That's, that's why we were studying uh, what we were studying. We, were, we wanted to know what the effect of that setback was. And the difficulty was the assumption that everything would come from the well pad itself. And that assumption is just not true for a lot of the operations. So when they're developing the well pad and they're clearing off the area, uh, you can have very heavy equipment, the kind that you'd see uh, blazing new roads somewhere and moving that, that amount of dirt. That can be um, easily 650 feet away from the well pad. And so it, it can be right up next to where there might be houses or schools or hospitals or offices. So setbacks don't really solve the whole problem. No, setbacks don't solve the whole problem. The setback really was thought of initially to, to, to be a safety measure uh, to protect uh, the surrounding community in the, the case of a, a gas release that catches fire. Well, thank you very much for answering our questions. This is very helpful. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. TEDx is a nonprofit research institute funded by grants from private foundations and by donations from individuals who care about our health and the environment. Visit our website at TEDx.org for more information on what we do, to submit a question for an expert, or to make a donation.